So I keep using the word elites for this junior day this weekend, and honestly, I think OU football is doing the same thing. They're using the word uh, elite for junior day weekend. And I plan on doing the same thing today as we prep you for this massive junior day. I just want to make sure, Parker, that elite is a fair word to describe this junior day weekend for OU. Is it a fair word to use? Is that a little Are too there aggressive? any three stars going to be on campus this weekend, Travis? Or Tyler, excuse wow. me. Wow, two hours. Unbelievable. I know. I know. I'm still in Are the, there going to be sorry. any three stars? Are there going to um, be any three stars on campus this weekend? I think so, probably, yeah. Okay, right? then it's not elite. Mm. <laughs> it's not elite. Don't go throwing that word around willy-nilly. This is the University of Oklahoma. That's what I'm asking. I'm making sure. I know there's a five-star defensive lineman and a four-star quarterback that's really good. I'm just making sure that uh, – it really is an elite junior day weekend. You know what? It probably is an elite junior day weekend because Jason Fairs and his crew, they've been painting the field today, getting it ready for this massive weekend. Oh, hello. And, and if Jason and his crew out there are getting the field ready, you know, making it look like a game day, then that probably signifies it's a pretty big recruiting weekend for OU. Jason, I just want you to know, and I know you're probably listening because you typically are, at some point I want to trade jobs with you for a day, Okay. I'll come to OU and maintain your entire agenda for an entire workday, and you just come in here and host a radio show from 12 to 3. Just one day. That's all I ask. I would love to have Jason in here for one day to talk about. And I would love to just chill on a mower all day, man. Now, yeah. I doubt that's all Jason does. Obviously, his job is much more nuanced than that. But yeah, imagine it's like a, it's like a return to my roots. Like, don't you think, like in terms of, hallowed ground in the state okay like a uh, like an area that must be protected at all costs in the entire state of Oklahoma the playing surface at Owen Field if it's not number one it's easily in the top three or top five so imagine going through your everyday life and being solely not solely responsible but like that's kind of your main job is to protect the hallowed ground like I bet there's a lot of pressure that comes with that gig you know for for being a because that playing surface you know you hear some negative things about other playing surfaces across the sport heck the Super Bowl wasn't that one was it the Super Bowl the national championship game that was getting a lot no it was the Super Bowl it was yeah, the yeah, Super yeah Bowl. it was the Super yeah. Bowl and and I at least I I never hear anything negative about the playing surface at Owen Field seems like it drains really well it always looks really good they do they do an awesome job there but that it seems like a fun job and I'm sure it is there's probably a little bit more pressure to that job than we than we probably I think. would think so I would think so. Maybe Jason wouldn't feel comfortable with me doing his job for <laughs> yeah, he'd a day. Probably, maybe, maybe I'd you'd break something. You'd set it back three months is what you would do. <laughs> me and you both, oh, man. man. Um, I tell you what, man. If I'm not on my game, if I'm not at, at 100% for the remainder of this hour, I'll be honest, it's because I'm starving. My colleague Ryan Gilbert of Go Power Cat, the 24-7 sports Kansas State affiliate, Posted a picture from the Pittsburgh area, and he's eating at Permanti Bros. Mm, never had it before. You never had Permanti Bros? I've never been to Pittsburgh before. Oh, hello. When I tell you that's one of the best bites of food I have ever had, I'm not joking. I'm not being hyperbolic in the slightest. Well, everyone that goes there says it's it's awesome. Like Skyline Chili. How many times have we talked about Skyline Chili since we found out OU's going to play at Cincinnati next year? And there's hit or miss. It's awesome. It sucks. It's overrated. I've never heard a bad word about Permanti Brothers. Because there isn't a bad word to be said, man. Oh, man. Those sandwiches, they go hard. Yeah. Well, OU plays at Temple in a few years. 
I have done a uh, Philly cheesesteak in Philly before. Really? How does it compare to a Philly cheesesteak anywhere else? Um, it, it's it's okay. It's it's better. I, I'm not gonna say it's gonna change your life. Okay. I don't think it's necessarily gonna change your life, but that's fair. Maybe maybe you need to play a game at Pitt. But I gotta say, playing a game at Pitt doesn't sound all that exciting. You know, I tell you what. Uh, in Nebraska, the the food staple that everybody talks about is the Runza. Right, but there's a restaurant up in Nebraska and a couple of the surrounding states called Pepper Jacks. Yeah, I've been to Pepper been Jacks been to in Pepper uh, Jacks? Kansas. I've been to Pepper Jacks in Lawrence, Kansas before. Yeah, it's That's pretty a good, good man. Philly. Yeah, it's, That's it's a really good. good. Philly. In I fact, agree. they have a patent on the way that they cook their meat. That's how seriously they take the Philly. At Pepper Jacks. Your extensive knowledge of like the most. Well-known restaurants and cities is God. It's unmatched, and I guess that's the case when you spend so much time on the road. But, yeah, no joke, man. Man, I don't know if you listen to podcasts about various uh, fast casual no, restaurants man, it's or I what. Eat good, like I'm on the road. I'm not getting Burger King, you know. This man knows fast casual restaurants. That I, I, I tell you that much. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. All right, we have to uh, figure out the official over under for commits this weekend for this elite junior day. Is it zero point five? It is zero point five. And that and that's public commits, by the way. I'm not doing the private commit game. Yep. Public commits. It's zero point five. Now, with that being said, are you taking the over or the under on that? I will take the over. You're ta- ooh. Someone might have a little information going into the weekend. Okay. I will take the over. Okay, now give tell me this. How long do we have before it has to be announced? Uh by the time we get back in studio on Monday. Oh shoot. Never mind, I'll take the under. Okay. Then now, now he really has some uh information that he can't share, but has some scuttlebutt going into the weekend. I don't care when it's announced. I just like for them to get on the board finally. And it just feels like once they finally get on the board, I you know maybe momentum's a made up thing. I use that word a lot to describe recruiting, uh, just to, to describe recruiting overall. It just feels like it's a real thing for OU because when it rains, it I mean it kind of like once they get some momentum, you see a bunch of commits, and once it's dry, it's we might go two or three months without a commit. I think we've seen that before. That's true, but I don't think we'll see a drought like that the remainder of this calendar year. Yeah. I think you'll see a couple this month. I think you'll see a few in April, and then May and June is when it'll really get cooking once OU is able to host official visitors. Well, who would you say, let's let's talk about top three, top five visitors this weekend. Williams Winery, been talking about him nonstop. He will be in Norman this weekend. Uh, Michael Hawkins probably in that group. Who should be bunched in that group as well? Edric Houston. Yeah. Top ten overall player nationally out of Buford, Georgia. Versatile physical defensive line prospect now i oklahoma's got a long way to go in that recruitment so the fact that he is visiting should not necessarily serve as an indication that oklahoma is quite seriously in play for edrick houston but they did make his top 10 i think i think it was a top 10 it was a top schools list OU made the initial cut down they get him on campus for a big junior day i'm intrigued to see whether OU can make some headway there because, of course, Georgia, Alabama, that's Todd Bates' territory, man. He's yeah, had success is. recruiting there in the past. So I I don't know if we're in heat check territory for Bates quite yet. I think he needs a, he needs to land another guy beyond just Derek LeBlanc before we start talking about, okay, Todd Bates really feeling himself as a recruiter. But OU has some intriguing foothold in the Edric Houston recruitment. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's a possibility that at some point when 24-7 does an updated 2024 uh, rankings that 
20% of the top 10 players nationally are in Norman this weekend. Like, it's, that, that's a very real thought that you have two of the top 10 players in Norman. So, back to the original question, can you call this an elite weekend? Yeah, you can call it an elite weekend. Absolutely you can. And not only that, but next weekend you'll have another top 10 national prospect in town in David Stone. So all three of the top 10 overall prospects in the 2024 class that you're going to be hosting over the next 10 days are defensive linemen. Yeah, not bad. That's what everyone's been wanting, right? Now all you got to do, all you have to do, but now you just got to land them. Now you got to land them. Uh, that's that's the next step. I think I speak for uh, everyone on that one. Michael Hawkins Jr. will be in town. He had that TCU visit on uh, Wednesday. He'll be in Norman on Saturday. Like percentage chance, I, I think it. At least to me, it would be a surprise if we're sitting around on Sunday and he puts out an edit saying that he's committed to Oklahoma. If you were to put a percentage chance on him committing to anyone, what would that what would that number look this like this weekend? Yeah, this weekend. 30%. Oh, that's a little and bit if, higher than I thought. If he does commit, it'll be to Oklahoma. But I don't think it's going to be a snap decision. Now, he may let the Oklahoma staff know, I'm going to be announcing a pledge to Oklahoma here in the coming days, but I don't think it happens publicly and officially this weekend. As we've said all week, though, we are getting really, really close to decision time for Hawkins. And I've said – I've mentioned it repeatedly on air this week. I think he's committed by the end of the month and potentially within the next couple of weeks. I know for a fact, having talked to someone very close to him, that this recruitment is not extending beyond April at the absolute latest. Yeah. So we are in the closing stretch. Well, I mean, his initial thought was he wanted to get it over by the month of January. Now, some situations happened where he needed to push it back, but – I, I would tend to agree with that, Parker. I think if your original plan was to commit at the end of January, which is super early, normally you don't see a recruitment go all the way to the summer when that's the case. Like It got pushed back, the announcement date, but you don't think it's going to be pushed back five or six or seven months or anything crazy like that. So I, I would tend to agree with that. You mentioned Todd Bates and how you know that southeast area, that Georgia, that Florida area, that territory is kind of his. And you guys had Brandon Drum on earlier today, and he kind of echoed those sentiments because he's been in that Tampa area, he's been in Florida, he's been in that region, and you can add more context to it, but Brandon basically said, like, OU going to the SEC is kind of heard and felt out there. Like, that's 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 a big deal in the it's, recruitment out it's there. It's going to be big for business, and Sammy Brown's going to take an official visit to Oklahoma. And there are some that believe Oklahoma is actually in a better position right now for his recruitment than Clemson is or that Georgia is. And it's hard to tell right now who has the outright lead. I think it's either Clemson or Georgia, but there are those that believe OU is as high as number two for Sammy Brown right now. That said, they're going to host him on an unofficial visit next month, and so they'll have the chance to make even more headway in his recruitment come April 7th when he's in Oklahoma. But if you can make a splash addition from the Southeast and – the Sooners got some good ones from down there in this past cycle. They got Macari Vickers. They got Derek LeBlanc. But nobody that you'd really categorize as a true splash. Sure. If you could land an Edric Houston or a Sammy Brown or even, heck, a Zion Reagans in this 2024 cycle, that's going to be a statement 
to the rest of the SEC and the rest of the college football landscape that, hey, Oklahoma's got teeth in the recruiting game in the Southeast. Like, like you were close to getting Troy Bowles last year. Yes. I don't, I, like, Troy Bowles probably what you're talking about. That would have been a splash out of Tampa getting him away from Georgia and the likes of several other SEC programs. Yeah, you do that this cycle, it's going to be felt down there for sure, man. It's it's going to be felt. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Already a ton of text to get to on the other side. We'll let you know where the big four defensive linemen are going to be at this weekend and a whole lot more. It's Locked In with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide today in St. John, Indiana, Hollister, Missouri. Did you wear a lot of Hollister when you were in uh, junior high and high school? Never. Not, Not a big Hollister guy? Okay. Meridian, Mississippi, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, Harbor City, California, small Oklahoma town of the day, Mangum, Oklahoma, uh, in the far southwest corner there of the state of Oklahoma. I believe that's uh, northwest of Altus, Mangum, okay. Oklahoma. Tracking. So uh, thanks for tuning in today via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. ton of text to get to. Let's get to that now. Uh, what's the difference between an OV and a UOV other than who pays the expenses? So what's the, what's the difference between an unofficial and an official? So the official visits are more heavily regulated because the school pays the expenses. Unofficial visits are on the player's dime. The school sponsors the official visit in essence, but because it is funded by the school, there are certain uh, limitations and provisos in play. The visit can't be longer than 72 hours, I believe, is the cutoff. There's there's a whole bunch of specifications that have to be met uh, with regard to an official visit, unofficial visits, pretty much anything can happen as long as the school isn't paying for stuff because the player's there, he's eating on his own dime, he's traveling on his own dime, he's just spending time around the program. So unofficial visits are much less regulated than OVs. Victoria, our uh, NFL Combine insider this week, she says hang time himself just ran a 480 in his first 40. I didn't know punters ran the 40. That's, that's news to me. I'm pretty sure everybody runs the 40. Yeah, yeah. okay. 480 for uh, Michael I'm, Turk. Not I'm bad, man. I'm just interested to see what he throws up on the bench press because he already holds the combine record yeah, he's, among I mean, punters. He's, he's stacked, man. I mean, it is, he he might throw up a, a nice little number. He will throw up a nice number. Tyler, he's 6'1", 240. <laughs> he's 240 pounds. Yeah. What about the guys that are in state, asked the 918. Looks like we've got a couple pretty good defensive linemen out of Oklahoma. Looks like one of them is crystal ball to Michigan State again. You talking about Zadavian Sims or are you talking about David Stone? Because they both have a uh, – really, Zadavian Sims has the – does he have the most Michigan State crystal balls in? Yes, but David Stone, I think, has the most Michigan State buzz between those two. Look, I don't expect either of those guys to end up at Michigan State in the end. I think Zadavian Sims will be a Sooner. I think David Stone will be a Sooner. Um, here was the uh, scouting report, by the way. I read this today on Zadavian Sims. Four-star defensive lineman out of uh, Durant. Uh, this is just a, a small snippet of it. Needs more technical nuance. That includes hand violence, extension, and disengaging consistency, as well as expanding his moveset as a pass rusher. Updated verti- uh, vertified measurables testing and... Throws data will also help shred some 
light on long-term upside. But here, here's like the overall evaluation. Nevertheless, projects as a high major defensive lineman with possible personnel versatility. Could arrive with size and strength to play early if needed. One of the top prospects in the state of Oklahoma's 2024 class. Collection of traits and data points suggest possibility to become an impact college player and NFL draft candidate. So there you go. That's what 24-7 sports thinks is Zadavian Sims. Yeah, look, he's a big body right now. Not super refined as a pass rusher. More of a lane clogger, run stuffer type of guy. But he's also extremely athletic for being his size. And so as he continues to grow into his body, because he hit his growth spurt early, early, man. I mean, he was this size when he was 14 years old. So as he continues to grow into his body and learn the finer points of pass rushing and hand placement and technique on the defensive line. He's one of those guys that he's also going to get to college, I believe, at age 17. Oh, wow. I think he won't turn 18 until midway through his first semester of college. So this is a kid that is going to have to be developed, will be developed, won't be rushed along, shouldn't need to be rushed along based on the depth that you would figure Oklahoma will have on the defensive line by that point, if he is a Sooner. Johnny from UConn, what's the total number of commits we can have this year? I mean, I I figure that Oklahoma's class is probably going to be in the 24 to 26 range. You're not going to have as much turnover with this roster, at least I wouldn't think, as we've seen the past two years. No, but you do have a lot of graduating seniors. you got a lot of one-year rentals via the transfer portal. So it won't be a terribly heavy class. It'll be your standard size, so right about 25 players. Uh, Turk said in one of his vlogs, not vlogs, vlogs, that he played defensive back in high school but injury forced him to convert. That's why he's a punter with the body of a pro wrestler. This one from the 512 says, Turk said he was not doing the bench this time. Boo! Hope he does, though. Come on. we, we got to start chanting at him out there. Come on. Do the bench. Let's go. Come on. Turk, come on now. Seriously? I guess he does. Like, his record will never be broken as far as punters doing the bench press. Yeah. Like, no punter is ever going to bench press 225 pounds 25 times. <laughs> Golly, that's still crazy. We were uh, we, we were bringing up the uh, Super Bowl turf and how bad it was, and people were quick to point out that that was an Oklahoma State problem. So a lot of people just wanted to get that one out there. Um, 918, talking about this weekend and the Elite Junior Day. They need to put the SEC logos on the field for this weekend because this 24 class will never play in the Big 12. I don't hate that idea, actually. Put the SEC logos on there. That would cause a stir, I'm sure. Oh, man. I, that's pretty clever. I don't hate it. I like that idea. Um, but that's a very good point. This class is never going to play a down of Big 12 football, which at worst they were only going to play one year in the Big 12 anyway. But it feels like a lot of these guys are excited. A lot of guys that have interest in Oklahoma on the recruiting trail are really excited that OU gets to make the move to the SEC a year earlier because, again, they wouldn't have been playing in a substantial capacity until Oklahoma was in the SEC anyway. But having that patch on their chest is going to be pretty special for a lot of these dudes, especially when you're talking about, as Brandon mentioned last hour, uh, OU's ability to recruit the Florida, Alabama, Georgia area. Yeah. That kind of goes hand in hand. Like, If you're going to be consistently good in the SEC – you're going to have to make waves in that area. Now, you know, I'm not saying that you need to get 
15 players out of your 25-man class out of there. But I think look no further than the SEC teams right now that are having a lot of success and a lot of consistent success. Georgia obviously does really well in that area. Bama also does really well in that area. LSU does really well in the state of Florida too, man. Like, like, OU can make a living off the state of Texas and get the bulk of their class there, but gosh, it's just where the most talent is at, that area right there. you you got to be active in it, and this was the right staff to be active in that area of the country. So when you combine your in-state talent with Texas talent, with Southeast talent, especially in Florida and Kansas City, I, I think those hotbeds are enough to be a consistent threat in the SEC year in and year out. Do you, you agree with that? Yes, and I think you have a good enough of a local base here. Yeah, and there are schools such as, I think LSU is a great example, a school that hasn't really needed to branch out beyond the Deep South when it comes to the areas that they recruit. They'll recruit Texas a little bit, that Houston area most specifically, but you don't see LSU recruiting the West Coast. You don't see LSU recruiting the Pacific Northwest. There is something to be said for just being able to be a consistent player in the areas where you know you're going to have a legion of Power 5 prospects every single year. And so the hyper-localized recruiting strategy can pay off, and Oklahoma's going to be able to dig into it a little bit more once they make the move to the SEC because not only – Will Oklahoma and Missouri and Kansas and North Texas be their territory? But all of a sudden, they're going to have additional sway in Louisiana and Alabama and Georgia and Florida. By the way, speaking of the NFL Combine, I know all of you already saw this, but I we really need to bring it up again. And, and I'm going to try to pronounce P.J. Adabare's brother's first name. It's just Tommy. Addy Tommywa. Adetamiwa, yeah, you're, you're just Tommy, just Tommy, just Tommy, though. yeah, much like PJ is out of Pudju, but I felt like being a tryhard here, okay, to try, you know, just to try, but Tom, Tommy, Adabare, yeah, <laughs> oh, is it fair that an older brother's forty time with his body size gets you excited about the younger brother? I actually think it is. Yes, when the younger brother is probably even more God given than what the older brother is. Oh my. Goodness, was that something yesterday? It's hard not to be even more excited about the five-star uh, edge player, P.J. Adebare. Tommy Adebare just ran an official 4.49 at the Combine at six foot two, 282 pounds, and that was a guy that was a three-star out of high school and redshirted at Northwestern. That was a guy that was developed. He needed a lot more development than his younger brother does. Sure. His younger brother is already a physical specimen, the likes of which a lot of recruiting analysts that got to see the kid at the All-American game were like, we've never seen a kid like this before. P.J. Adabare is pretty one of a kind. And he already has the capacity to get under 4.6 in the 40-yard dash. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say he ends up running faster than Tommy did whenever his time comes around at the NFL combine. Yeah, Tom, Tommy's going to uh, make some money in the NFL. He had to, like you said, redshirt his first year at Northwestern. P.J. won't be redshirting his first he year at the not University of Oklahoma. That's, that's not, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be a thing. Uh, from the 918, hey, guys, question. We are officially in the SEC on July 1st of 2024. After football season is done, can we start changing stuff to SEC around the facilities, or do we have to legally wait until July 1st? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know why you can't just do 
whatever you want. I mean, I, I don't know if they could do it on the playing surface, but if they wanted to put an SEC logo in the locker room, maybe there's some contract things that I'm not aware of, but surely you can put in the locker room whatever you want to put up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I cannot speak to that, but... It feels like the earlier that or the earliest that Oklahoma can start putting the SEC logo on everything, that's when it's going to start happening because OU and the Big 12 have been on the outs for quite some time. If you were an offensive tackle facing Oklahoma's defense this year, who would you fear blocking the most? It's from the 405. Well, if it's uh, at the end of the year, it's it could be PJ Adabare. And I don't know if yeah. he's I don't know if he's ever going to be OU's best pass rusher this year, but he's going to have the most unique set of skills and body type than anyone else that OU has on the roster. So if this kid develops really quickly, it's going to be PJ Adabare, and it's going to be PJ Adabare for like three consecutive years. <laughs> oh man, that dude's going to be special. I, I there's I don't know that there is a player I'm more excited to see on the field this fall than PJ just because there is so much excitement about what he brings to the table and we have no idea obviously we think it's going to translate immediately but for all we know that dude could be starting day one I I, there's a chance sure there is a chance yeah there is a chance and it feels weird and almost like overly optimistic to say that given Oklahoma's depth at the edge position but there is not another PJ Atabari anywhere. Well, there's there's a difference between a chance and, you know, likely going to happen. Like, we're putting it right now as, as a chance. Maybe not, not likely it's going to happen. But the point that you're making is true, man. It's not that he's just really good. He's just so unique from anyone they have on the roster and really anyone that was in this 2024 class. That's why he's a five-star. That's why everyone's so excited. Is the long arms and the body type and just everything else he possesses. It's just so it's unique, man. And he is mean, too. Goodness gracious. He puts the pads on. He lines up across from you. He's coming through you. That is a mean, mean football player. Uh, Victoria says, what about PJ's younger brother? Is he also a beast? Uh, he is a beast, but more in the vein of Tommy's beastliness. So the youngest brother, at a Yeye. They just call him Yeye. Um he is I, – I don't know if he is any taller than six feet flat. He's the shortest of the three. But he's pushing for a lot of weight room records already at North Kansas City as a sophomore, and he's going to be one of those guys that probably doesn't generate as much hype on the recruiting trail as PJ did or has. He's probably at best a three-star guy that will go somewhere like a Northwestern and – Maybe, you know, six, seven years down the road when he's a senior in college, we're talking about that guy maybe making some noise at the NFL Combine based on his physical traits. But he is he is not the genetic freak that P.J. is. Well, if P.J. has a great career, maybe the staff's like, let's just take a let's just take another chance here on a – not that they took a chance on P.J., but let's, let's, uh, let's try our chances with another Atabare here and see how it works out. The first two worked out quite nicely. If the first know? two pan out the way, that the, the way that the one has and the second will – yeah, you might as well take a shot on the so third. It's the mentality like uh, I would have wanted to see with Tyler Lockett. It's like, hey, dad and uncle were really good. Odds are that the youngest Lockett's going to be really good as well. Maybe just take a chance on him and see if he works out. Kansas State did, and yeah, Tyler Lockett worked out at Kansas State. I was, gosh, I was on the sideline at one of PJ's games this last fall and ran into Miguel Chavis. And 
we got to talking about Ye Ye, and he said, I can't remember what exactly he said, but basically said something to the effect of, yeah, we trust the genetics. We'll probably be back around for some point <laughs> yeah. with Ye Ye. 405-651-3439. A lot of text to get to, a lot of crouton to get to. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Uh, so no, some notable visits taking place this weekend. David Stone, five-star defensive lineman, will be at A&M this weekend. Zadavian Sims, four-star defensive lineman in the state of Oklahoma, will be at USC this weekend. But you think that's more about, or you said that's more about, like, his, uh, his like, a, a team that he's on. Yeah, is going out his seven-on-seven seven team is all going to USC because they're going to be out there in L.A. or the L.A. area for a seven-on-seven seven tournament. So, uh, not not the type of thing where all of a sudden USC is a major player for Zadavian Sims. Dylan Riola, though, visiting USC this weekend? Is that happening? Is that happening? I thought I read uh, that earlier okay. today. Well, How about that? Yeah. Taking a mule shoe visit, I guess. Mule so. shoe will never be there long enough to coach Dylan Riola. Yeah, I don't, I, no don't I don't think so either. It just it is really starting to feel like uh, Dylan Riola's going to help release a lot of balloons in the air at uh, Memorial Stadium. You think in they'll bring Nebraska. that tradition back they need just to. for him? They need to, man, because um, what if Dylan Riola was like, "I'll commit, but you have to bring the balloons back." Good, because I was so mad that I missed that last year in Lincoln because of a helium shortage. Is that why? It was a helium. shortage, Have we yes. caught up with the? Are we good on helium now? <laughs> Have we caught up? Are we good? Our national supply of helium. We need an update. Who's not, our helium insider? It's not like on the Nebraska was any good last year. Like you don't need a lot of helium for them. Jeez, they only do it for the first touchdown, though, right? Release those balloons in the air. I yes, think. that is true. Hmm. Still, come on, let's get with it. Uh, Williams Winery picked up an LSU offer uh, earlier today. Yep. So. I don't know if we need to watch that one or not. I Probably guess time not. will tell. Probably not much to bat an eye at. He's real close to solidifying his top schools list as it is. So, uh, Grill Boy on the text line says, I know recruits and transfers are shiny new toys, but are we giving away Ethan Downs' starting gig a little too quickly after he was one of the Big 12 leaders in tackles for loss in second team all-conference? Yes, Travis Davidson. Anyone who's trying to give away Ethan Downs' starting gig is certainly doing so prematurely. Yeah. That dude's still good. Yeah, he will. Like, I think it's fair to say that he'll get. Uh, there's a chance that he gets pushed this offseason. Like, I, I don't think that it's going to be just absolutely given to him. He's going to have to earn it this offseason. Absolutely. But if you're writing him off, yeah, I think that that's that that that's that's a mistake. And it wouldn't be shocking if Ethan Downs did get moved inside. And yeah, that's I, been talked about since last year. It right? has been talked about. And here's what you got to consider with regard to Ethan Downs' physical makeup. He does not have very long arms. He has a minus wingspan, actually. So that's a guy that maybe may what he has in the toolbox physically, it, it makes more sense if you can add 25, 30 pounds on a guy like that and not sacrifice athleticism. Maybe it makes more sense to slide him inside, let him be an answer at defensive tackle, and let your edge rushers go crazy, guys like R. Mason Thomas and P.J. Adabare and Marcus Stripling. Uh, Wade in OKC says, nope, steel helium shortage, sorry. Dang it, where is all the helium going? Uh, Midwest City Jeff says, this is Midwest City Jeff. Releasing balloons is ridiculous. That's just spreading pollution for no reason. Who cares about releasing, uh, uh, releasing balloon, balloons get over That's it. why we have Wally, though. Oh my gosh, you took that one seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all good, Midwest City Jeff. I was just I, my my experience in Lincoln, Nebraska was just fine last year. I, I had a great had a great experience, but releasing balloons after the first score is a a big thing there. So somebody in the nine one eight asked, "Who's meaner looking in pads, Kenneth Murray or PJ?" Huh, Kenneth uh, Murray in that picture where he's about to run the forty at the combine. I don't know if it gets meaner yeah, than that. The the answer right now is Kenneth Murray. Give Schmitty a couple years to get PJ legitimately jacked, though, and the answer is probably PJ. It probably is, man. He is. Um, I, everyone's really, 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 really excited about him and the uh, and the possibilities there. Um, I uh, was going to buy some Nick Anderson stock this morning. Really? And then I realized that you bought all of it like two days ago when there's none left. So. <laughs> Price of the brick has gone up, Tyler. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can buy some Nick Anderson stock from you. Um, if I don't know if like there's like insider trading how some of this stuff works, but um, yeah, it 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 seems like you bought up all the Nick Anderson stock at wide receiver. That this is year. true, and I am holding on to all of it, at least through calendar year 2023. Yeah, I just I just wish he would have stayed healthy throughout the off season last year before the year, and if he would have been more readily available during the season because. It sounds like he had a he had a really good he had a really good start to his freshman year before the season started. It just he was never healthy enough to be out there. But this needs to be a big year from him. That's for sure. Sooner Gundy on the text line says, I'm a power lineman. I get a lot of outage calls from balloon releasing. <laughs> okay, so I I guess balloons have more of a negative impact on the environment than we realize. I guess so, especially when 80,000 people in Lincoln, Nebraska are releasing them at the same time. That probably does cause some sort of damage. I wonder if there's like some random property in Montana that gets two or 3,000 of those balloons <laughs> that descend from the sky every Monday or Tuesday in the fall. Yeah, and there's probably been a few uh, weeks here recently where there's been no balloons up there because Nebraska can't put up any offensive uh, points or something like that. But yeah, man, that is that is crazy to think where they don't release eighty thousand balloons. No, it's probably close to like thirty or forty. Yeah, 000, but still, but man, that's, that's that's a lot that's of red a, balloons. That's a ton. That's a ton. Uh, we are still in a helium shortage, and I know because I deliver hazmat gas cylinders. Make more helium. What is the deal? So, sorry, Nebraska fans. Sorry, Matt Rule. Matt Rule, I hope you didn't take the job uh, looking forward to the balloon release. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen anytime soon. Maybe they're hoarding all the helium up there in Lincoln to get ready for the season. Maybe that's what they're doing. It's a cool tradition, but I understand if it's not terribly feasible due to environmental concerns. Uh, I'll always remember it, though, fondly. Yeah. Anyone uh, jacked about the possibility of playing the Florida Gators? Because that has more steam to it than it ever has. Yeah. And that's that's gotten me so excited. I, I'm not even paying attention to Ross Dellinger releasing that OU's going to play or they think that they're going to play Missouri every single year. I'm not even acknowledging that because of my excitement of playing Florida every single year. Oh, it would be man. awesome. That is I, – I am thriving right now, Tyler. Because, you know, that was the one I wanted. Like That was the one matchup – I would say that I was most excited about, in theory, than any other potential permanent SEC opponent. Going to Gainesville every other year is going to be awesome. They have some pretty bad fans out there. Um, they got some pretty good fans, too. Yeah, but here's here's what I think about that. You know, there's been some forced manufactured rivalries in the sport here recently. Like Arkansas and Missouri. I knew that I know the two states border each other, but... 
that's not any sort of a rivalry, at least I don't think, right? Like, we've tried to force some of these rivalries together with realignment, and a lot of these just haven't really worked out all that much. Like, Colorado and Utah, like, have a rivalry name now. What? Come on. Colorado and Utah. What's it called? The Rocky Mountain... The Rumble Rumble in the Rockies or something like that. Interesting. Rumble in the Rockies, I think, is what it is. Anyway. Yes, whoever texted that from the 580, yes, I know you can't make helium. (laughs) My tongue was firmly planted in my cheek. The point is, is that I think if you were to try to make OU Florida that rivalry a thing, I think you're going to have a lot of success of making OU Florida a thing. Like, that's going to happen. It's going to be one of the more fun rivalries in the SEC. That's something that could work out. There's not a whole lot of history between the two teams, but it's two passionate fan bases. It's two programs that have been really good throughout the years. OU fans, I think, dislike Florida. Who knows what Florida thinks about that? But I'm all I'm all in on know you Florida rivalry. You're looking for that. Um, you're looking for that second rivalry because you don't really have that now because Missouri's not a rival. Florida could be. I think Florida pretty quickly could emerge as yeah. That's that's our that's our second rivalry that we have. And I, I'm I'm all about that possibility. 405-651-3439. Final segment of locked ins coming up next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Decipher this one for me, will you? Uh, Gary Patterson is stepping away from the University of Texas, and he told Horns 24-7, quote, Love my time in Austin. Uh, Austin jumped into that role right after leaving TCU, put a lot of stuff foundation-wise. Like, basically saying he needs to spend more time with his uh, – with his wife and grandkids, but then he says he wants to help college football on a bigger scale. What, what does that mean? What does that look like for Gary He's going to be the new president of the CFP. It's the only logical conclusion. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out if I like, love, or hate that. That's fine. I mean, new president of the, of the college football playoff. He's on the committee. Okay. Or maybe he's going to compose a new theme song for the SEC. Because the SEC on CBS is going away, right? Yeah, which sucks. I mean, it it's going suck. to ESPN, so we're not going to get to hear the CBS. Gary Patterson's game. going to use his musical gifts for the good of college football. Okay, all right. Either that or he's going to be Mule Shoe's new defensive coordinator. I would tell you Mule Shoe gave Gary a call. Uh, that didn't surprise me, but no, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, that happened. What did he say? Did he laugh at his face and hang up? Well, I don't, I, I don't know what happened. All I know is that Mule Shoe reached out to Gary Patterson about potentially taking a role on the USC staff. Hmm. Well, obviously it didn't work. It clearly did not. Or did it? We'll have to see in the days ahead. Well, he's going to help college football on a larger scale. I don't think that means helping out evil USC. I don't think that that's what that means. That I would not help out either, college but... football on a larger scale. But that would be a real, like, you, you. I have no doubt that if Gary Patterson were to take the job as USC's next defensive coordinator, that was probably a line that Muleshoe planted with him. Like say, say you're going to help out college football to a greater degree because you know USC is the mecca of college football. Sure. So just, you know, leave it vague for a couple days. Say, you know, say um, you're going to help out college football on a grander scale, and then we'll announce you as DC on Monday. I think Gary's holding out for the Vanderbilt job so he can just be in Nashville. He can be right where he wants to be. Makes all the sense <laughs> in the world, Best of both it? worlds for Gary. Uh, from the 405, Arkansas will be a rivalry day one, don't you think? Uh, I don't 
I think Arkansas wants it to be. I just don't know if there's that willingness from from the OU side of things. And if you're not going to play Arkansas every single year, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for that to be any sort of a rivalry. But if Arkansas is in the uh, the 3-9 schedule, then it has a much better chance to be a rivalry. I just I, I just wonder if OU fans are ever going to accept Arkansas as a true rival. That's that's always been my question. I wonder if that turns out to be more of a rivalry in basketball and baseball yeah. than it does in football. Maybe even in softball, too. Yeah, that's true. They got a good little softball program as well. Uh, 918, screw Florida. We the people won Arkansas. Okay, that surprises me a little bit. I thought everyone was down for Florida. A brisket on the text line said, a large amount of helium is found alongside natural natural gas in Europe, so the Russia-Ukraine situation has only made the global, global helium shortage worse. Putin hates <laughs> Nebraska. Screw uh, you, Putin. That was very informative. Also, that was very informative, and then it just takes a turn. Putin hates Nebraska. At the end. I, I know. Love that. And all of a sudden, we're talking politics. Yeah, good thing you're getting out of here. I know. Where are you, you headed anywhere since you got the big junior day this no, weekend? No, because ev- everybody's heading here. Yeah, that's nice. It is kind of nice. Uh, 0.5 is the over-under for this weekend, and you took the over. Now, you think that there's going to be a commit this weekend. It may not be public when we come back on Monday, but you do think a commit will happen over the weekend. 0.5, taking the over. All I right. do. So it doesn't sound like we're far off from uh, OU getting their first commit in the 2024 class with this elite junior day where two of the top ten players will be in Norman this weekend. How about that? The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.